0: All right, so how can we live our one life to the fullest? Well, I want to begin by going back a few years in my life to a time where I was going to attempt something for the first time. You see, I had uh, I, most of you know that I'm a runner. I like to run, but this is years ago, and I had run uh, some ten kilometer races, six point two miles. wasn't a huge deal. A lot of times, I didn't even have to train that much to go out and run six miles. I was a lot younger, okay, but so there is this race called the, um, I think it was like the Old Kent Riverbank Run. No, Fifth Third. Fifth Third Riverbank Run. 25 kilometers. That's 15.53 miles. So I got this vision to run, to run this race. I'm like, I am going to go sign up for this race. And not only did I have a picture of myself finishing the race, I was going to run it in under two hours. That was You're like... All right. Wow. He's got lots of confidence. So that's a 740 pace. But what was important about this, it was kind of this uh, unwritten, this was the separation between real runners and everybody else if you break two hours. And like, I'm going to do it. I got a picture. I'm going to put a plan together so that I can break two hours. And so I got, you know, with some friends who are runners, and I started kind of working out, okay, this is what my training needs to look at look like. I can go online, kind of work out a little bit of a plan. I got a guy who's going to be my running partner for the longer runs. And as soon as I got started, I started to cut corners. I was like, you know, I'm kind of tired this week. That's, you know, to go out and run seven miles, I'm going to skip that this week. And so I started kind of curbing my plan for preparation. All right. Um, but my friend kept coaching me and there were there were times where he would say hey We got to go out for the long run this weekend It's the only way we're going to be prepared for the race It's the only way we're going to break that, you know, be able to hit that time And so he would call and I would let my phone ring And I'd let it ring And I'd blow him off And It wasn't just once there were a number of times where I blew off this long run where I did not want to go out there for an hour and a half or more And so the week of the race comes it's race week, I'm fired up, and we go over the basics of the plan. Get enough rest, carb load, um, make sure you, uh, you, know, you hydrate, and don't go out too fast. He said, "You can, Dave, this is one thing that you cannot break. Don't go out too fast, you've got to stay with me on the race. Follow our pace so that we can finish and hit our time. All right, so I was excited about that. I'm like, I can do that. I'm gonna stay with him. Then I started looking at the forecast. The temperatures kept dropping and it was 90% rain in the forecast. It was gonna be cold and damp and gross. There were clouds everywhere as we went to the starting line. And yet I was optimistic. I'm like, I've done lots of these races before. I haven't gone this far, but I can do this. And then the rain started And it didn't just rain a little, it poured. The rain started coming down. The temperatures seemed like they were getting colder. And you know what? I'm running, I'm running along, and I was wearing cotton. I had a cotton shirt on and cotton shorts. I mean, who wears cotton on a race day? And it felt like I was getting heavier and heavier as we were going. But we get to the halfway point, and we're below our pace, and we're below that Uh, We're under an hour, so I'm thinking, in my mind, I got this. You know, this is seven and a half, almost eight miles. I'm chugging along. I got my running partner. Everything's fine. I'm smiling. I'm tough. Weather's terrible. And then the ninth mile came. And the wheels, which were my legs, started to shake. They were burning and felt very heavy. My cotton shirt felt like it weighed 10 pounds. And my shoes felt like bricks. And I couldn't keep pace with my running partner anymore. And he went on ahead. You see, that's when my mind started to chastise me. My mind started to lecture me, and I had this internal conversation going on. What was I thinking? Why am I out here? I mean, I'm weak. I'm in a lot of pain and why do I want to even finish this race anyway? My mind's saying, you don't have to, you know. So I got this battle. Yes, I have to finish it. No, you don't. And we got, when I got to 10 miles, I was ready to throw in the towel. I was ready to wave the white flag because the wheels were coming off. Have you ever felt like that in life? Have you felt like you had a vision for something, something that you knew you wanted to pursue, but things got really tough? Challenges came and everything began seemingly to fall apart. And that vision, that idea for something better began to crash. I think we've all been there. I mean, maybe for you, you had big hopes with your career But the opportunities and promotions that you were expecting or anticipating, they didn't come. And now that vision seems like a distant memory. Or you wanted your marriage or a significant relationship to get better. And you started working toward it. But after a while, it seemed like nothing was changing. And the same feelings and frustrations and arguments continued to cycle around. Or you wanted to lose weight and you put your plan together, and you wanted to get in better shape. But then you found yourself failing and continuing to fall back into familiar habits. Or you're fired up about the resolutions that you made for this year, and yet you've already given up on them. And you've said, it's time to move on. Or maybe, maybe, you can be honest, you were sure that if you won Powerball this last week, Your vision for life was going to be amazing, and now that's done with. So what's next? Or you desire for your faith to matter, for your faith to be growing and making a difference in your life, and yet every time that you attempt to connect with God, it seems like something gets in the way. Well, that's why it's so important for us to go to the scriptures and, and to seek God together because God does have a vision for each of our futures. And you may be saying, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that idea is. I don't know what that better future is. Or I need to kind of refine what that is or re envision something better. You may feel like you're at a starting point today. Well, Um, I've got a video for us that I think will help us uh, hopefully kind of, you know, raise our hearts a little bit, um, make it not so serious. But if if you saw the movie Despicable Me, Gru, who is this, you know, he was a super villain, right? And he goes through a transition in his life. And here's a scene that was kind of a big deal as he started that trajectory toward a new vision. Now. I know there have been some rumors going around that the bank is no longer funding us. Well, I am here to put those rumors to rest. They are true. In terms of money, we have no money. So how will we get to the moon? The answer is clear. We won't. We are doomed Now would probably be a good time To look for other employment options I know I have fired up my resume As I suggest that all of you do as well What is it? Can't you see that I'm in the middle of a pep talk? Thank mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, so if a supervillain can go to becoming an upstanding father of three adoptive kids, who knows for us? God is at work in this place, and he longs for you to see the future that he desires for you to experience, because that's the starting point. We talked about this last week. You can't pursue a vision. You can't pursue a better future without faith. We can't expect God to move in our lives if we don't start with faith and belief that things can change and get better and we can experience more of what God wants us to be a part of in this world. And here's the thing. It starts with faith. It starts with vision, this better future. But we have to understand that a vision is nothing without a good plan. It's only a dream. You see, vision without a good plan is just a dream. And the scriptures help us to see this. As we continue to take a look at Nehemiah in the Old Testament, we see that God-given visions can make a huge difference in the world. And when you and I begin to grab a hold of them and to, to see them a little bit more clearly, we can understand how God wants us to begin taking steps into a good plan. And you have to realize this this morning, that God's desire for us is to experience life. He wants us to have some kind of a vibrant vision that we're following for our future, that we're pursuing. And he's involved You see, God is in the details. He wants us to be in relationship with him. And as we pursue a vision, as we create a plan, as we look to God and ask for his help, he promises to be a part of the process. And we see this with Nehemiah. So a little bit, just some background on Nehemiah. We've been talking about him over the last couple of weeks. Nehemiah was living in exile, far from home. I mean, he was way up north, you know Israel down to the south, he was up in Persia, and he was uh, in a significant position with the king. He was a cupbearer. He had audience with the king. He had influence with the king. He had relationship. He was close to the king. And God had put him in that place for a reason. And because of this position, he found himself in a unique position uh, position or a unique opportunity to bring a better future for his people in Jerusalem, to be not just a part of it, but basically to lead the process of God's people, the Hebrew people, finding a better life and future back in Jerusalem, in the homeland. So what was Nehemiah's vision? What was the vision that God put on his heart? Well, We start to track it or see it as he's having a conversation with the king. And then the king, as he kind of, you know, Nehemiah shares, here's what's going on. Here's what the king says to him. He says, what is it you want, Nehemiah? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king. Now, this is incredibly important. I'm going to stop here just for a moment. Because the king asked him a question, but what did Nehemiah do? He didn't go into his response right away. He didn't tell the king what he thought the king might want to hear. He went to God first. I prayed to the God of heaven, to my God, and then I answered the king. That's really important for us as we go forward. If it pleases the king and if your servant is found favored in his sight, let him send me to the city of Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild the city. So what was the vision? It was rebuilding the city. It had been destroyed in conflict conflict years before. And there it stood in ruins. And that's part of how God had moved Nehemiah's heart in the first place. He'd gotten a report and the city was in despair. The, the walls were broken down. The, the city wasn't right. And so he began to pray. He began to go before God Day after day, it says that he fasted and he prayed and he connected with God. Now, why would he do that? Well, Nehemiah had great faith. He had a relationship with God. And because of that, he knew God's love. He knew God's um, you know, vision and what he wanted you know, he could be a part of. And so he prayed. And he loved God. And he pursued God. And God began to put on his heart this vision to rebuild the city. Now, that wasn't going to be an easy undertaking. He was up north. He was going to have to come all the way back down. And to do that, he'd have to get permission from the king because he worked for the king. Now, here's the cool thing. And this is what we all have to realize. And we know this. I mean, as we have faith in God, as we look to God, I mean, God works miracles. God can do miracles. Extraordinary, impossible things. God can do things without our help, but that's not his typical way. God typically works for human through human beings, just like you and me. I mean, God doesn't you know, give a vision and then wave his wand and change everything in an instant. He can, but he doesn't. He calls us to be a part of the process. And that meant that Nehemiah, as he received this vision from God, he was going to have to put some skin in the game. He was going to have to put his life on the line. He was going to have to pour some significant energy into it if it was ever going to happen. Remember, a vision without a good plan is only a dream. And a vision without an active plan is never going to happen. So how did Nehemiah begin this process of creating a plan to pursue the vision that God had put on his heart? Well, the plan, just like the vision, came from God. It began with prayer. So Nehemiah, even as he began to think of a plan, prayed day after day asking God, how do I need to take these steps? And I think I just want to take a moment right there for us to consider what that means for us. Because Nehemiah had a relationship with God, and maybe that's our starting point where you're saying, I don't even know about my relationship with God. I don't know where I'm at. That's okay. That's why we exist as a church. We have a community of some people who've been following uh, Christ and, and been interested in things of God for years, and we have people who are at the very first step of that, But that's the most important step that each one of us can take, especially as we pursue a better future and a a vision from God, is that it starts with a relationship with God. And the message of the Scriptures, and as we look into the New Testament, is that Jesus came into this world so that we could be restored in relationship with God. You see, all of our story as human beings is that there's a break in our world in terms of relationship with God. It's called sin. It's called rebellion. It's called independence. And we all start at some point to confront that. And the first step of faith is to say, Jesus, I accept your life, your death, your resurrection. You're the one who came from God so that I could be restored In relationship with God. So I could kind of start to sort through some of the fuzz and interference that we feel and begin to pursue you daily. Because that's the thing. God longs to pursue us and to meet us where we are and for us to begin to see not just an idea or a vision, but to form a daily plan for how we can be a part of what he's doing in the world. So Nehemiah, he started with God, and then he went to the king. You see, we all have people in our lives. We have relationships that are significant to us that will help us take those steps. Well, Nehemiah, he had to you know, count on that relationship with the king. That was his first step after he started this process with God, this new vision. He needed the king's permission to leave. He needed time. And he needed the king's help, his resources. You see, the king, as he went out, as he said, okay, I'll get behind this. Um, I'm with you, Nehemiah. I'll help you get back to Jerusalem. I'll help you. So he needed letters of safety so he could travel back home. And then he also needed letters that were going to provide timber and resources, building supplies, so that he could start the project. So the king prepared the way for him, and so he started his journey. And here's where we pick up the story. Nehemiah is on his way back to Jerusalem. I went to Jerusalem, and after staying there for three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone about what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts no other horses with me except the one I was riding on. So he had the vision and the plan was beginning to form, but he had to go there and evaluate the condition of the city. And he did it at night. He had to see what it was like to know his starting point so that he could begin putting the details of the plan together. Evaluation, checking. He had to look at the gates. He had to see what was going on with the wall. And after he did that, he could begin putting this step and then this step, and this is who I need to be a part of this. Because you know what? He couldn't accomplish the vision by himself. He had the, first, he got the king's help, but then he had to get leaders right there in Jerusalem involved. And he had to get other people involved to do the work. And when he gathered with the Jewish officials, here's what happened. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we're in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. He began to share the vision. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me, what the king was doing for me. And then they replied, let us start rebuilding. And so we began this good work together. And he began to lay out the plan, the details of the plan, which involved God first, because God was the one leading this. He was creating the better vision for what Jerusalem could look like again, how it could be a safe place, how they could have secure walls. And he got the king's help, and then he sat down with the leaders, and they started to work out a plan of who would be involved to build each of the city gates and then ultimately restore the wall. And it was going to take a lot of evaluation, a lot of adjustments along the way, but he began to lay out the plan. You know what? As I think back years ago when I ran that first 25k, that's where I failed. My I had a plan, it just wasn't a very good one. There were no details really to that plan, and that's why I didn't break 2 hours. Now I finished and I was glad about that, but I wasn't happy. I did not break two hours because my plan was not good. I mean, I could have made lots, lots of excuses that day. I could have said, the, I mean, it was the rain. It was the wind. My friend didn't push me hard enough. He left me in the dust. Could have made all kinds of excuses, but the bottom line was the plan was not Good. I didn't utilize my training partner. I didn't ask for more help. I didn't stick to some details that were very important. And I wore cotton. (laughs) My vision for breaking two hours was only a dream because I didn't have a good plan. Now, that's just an example from life. I mean, That vision of mine had nothing really to do with God. That was something that I wanted to do. But when you and I look at our lives and we look at the things that are inspiring to us, an idea that we think God may be involved in, you know what? When we begin to build a detailed plan, I mean, God's going to be at work in that. I mean, we, even though there's going to be challenges and obstacles ahead, and that's what we're going to talk about next week is any good plan is confronted with big obstacles. Difficult things are going to come, things that you don't expect. Um, I mean, that's just going to come. But when we're we're committed to a plan, we can continue to pursue it and we're going to have what we need ultimately to get to that destination. And that's what Nehemiah knew as he put the plan together. And Nehemiah knew something else. And this this is so critical as we start to take these steps together. It's that God has a plan and a vision for us. Now, we're trying to find that vision, but ultimately God says, hey, you're my people. You're my kids. I want you to experience fulfillment. I want you to experience more of life. I want you to know that I'm involved in the details. And that's what Nehemiah knew. You see, there was a prophecy that Nehemiah was familiar with. It was a prophecy over a hundred years before Nehemiah was doing this work, and it was from the prophet Jeremiah. And Jeremiah's words went directly to Nehemiah's hearts, and they go directly to our hearts today, because this is what God believes about us as well. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. He says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster to give you future, a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I'll listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me, and I will be found in you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and I will bring you back home again. To your land. Nehemiah knew that meant God is with me as I start this endeavor. And you have to know this this morning, wherever you're starting out today, that God is with you and he's for us as we begin, begin to take these steps together. Hey, last week, um, some of you, you weren't here, but we handed out a card, just a, a basic business card, living the dream on it. And what I asked us to do was on the front side to put the name of someone in your life, someone who knows you well, maybe a mentor, maybe a really good friend, you know, someone that um, you don't feel like you gotta hide stuff from, somebody who will be honest with you and love you. But who's that person in your life that can help you to see more clearly the idea or vision that God may be putting on your heart. And that's what the backside was for. What is that idea? What is that better future? What is that vision that you sense God is putting on your heart? If you don't have this card, I think you can get one at the connecting center in the back. Well, today I have a second card. And the purpose of this card is that, remember, a vision without a good plan or an active plan is only a dream. So on this card... You can start right now if you like, you can take it home with you, but start putting some specifics about what you need to do, what your plan needs to look like. And I want to give you, I don't have a formula for you, but I want to give you just kind of a a structure as you think about this plan. Now, step one of the plan is that it begins with God. There's no other starting point It begins with our faith, our trust, our willingness to say, God, will you show me the way? Remember, Nehemiah, he prayed. He prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he connected with God. And for Nehemiah, it was like moment by moment for him. He continued to say, all right, God, here's what I need to do. Will you go with me? Will you be with me? Will you give me strength and power? And that's the starting point for us. As we think about our plan, it begins with God. And so I I just wanna ask you, you know, maybe it's on this card. Will you say, Step one, God? Will you be willing to schedule a time with God each day? Early in the morning's best if you can. And we've talked about this before. We have, if you go on to the city, which is part of our website, you can look at 10 minutes with God. It's just an opportunity for you to say, all right, God, I'm gonna start with you and I'm gonna do my best to connect with you. And I don't know exactly what to say or what to pray for today, but will you be with me? And a lot of times when I get up in the morning, I'll open up the scripture and just read a few verses. Maybe focus on a word or a phrase or um, a paragraph and say, God, show me the way today. That's the starting point, step one. Step two. You need your friend, whoever that is. You need that person so that you can interact with them. Where you can say, will you help me and hold me accountable to this new plan that I'm developing? So it's, you know, it's something that you may want to work out with them. It's something that you want to certainly show to them. And you want to ask them, will you call me? Will you encourage me? Will you challenge me in this plan? Now here's step three. You need to write out that plan some way. Because why? Well, Nehemiah, he was going to rebuild the wall and all this stuff, all the gates around the city, so he had a detailed plan. But there was evaluation along the way. You need to write out your plan so that you can evaluate it, so that your, conf- your friend can give you some help. So what does that mean? It may, you may just want to get a notebook. Get something that you can write on. Here are the basics of my plan. And then every so often, you just kind of check in on it. How am I doing? Because you know what? I can tell you one thing, and we're going to talk a lot about this next week. You will fail. You will have days where you don't live according to the plan. It just happens. We need to evaluate, and we need people who will help us. And God doesn't mind that at all, right? That's exactly why Jesus came. That's why God is with us and involved in our lives because he knows that we're human beings. We're gonna stumble. We're not gonna get it right every day. We need to evaluate. And then lastly, understand that as we begin to live out this plan, we're gonna have opportunities to influence other people. Right? Because your plan is never about you. When God gives us a vision and he gives us a plan, I mean, certainly it benefits us. But if it's from God, it will always benefit other people. I know that it's true in my life, and I know it will be true for you. I know many of you have experienced it. You're beginning to experience that. And that's what brings a vision to life when, when we're living in those details, I forgot this quote, and this is a really good quote, so I'm going to put it up right now. John Wooden, who was one of the greatest coaches of all time, NCAA basketball, he would often say this. He would say, the little details are vital. It's the little things that make the big things happen. You see, it's in these little things, the relationships, the people that we start to care about, big changes begin to happen. Little sparks turn into flames. And um, there's so many stories I could tell, but as we end right now and as we conclude, um, I want to urge you to, to take that card and to start writing up, even if it's just the most basic plan. What does each day look like? What do you want each week to look like? As you pay attention to the details. Um, I want to tell you this story about a, a, a young woman here. She's part of Rock Hills, and she's an athletic trainer. Um, she has you know background there and uh, experience in nutrition. And a couple of years ago, she had the idea to get a group of people together who were struggling with their, with their weight, struggling with what they were eating, struggling with working out. And, and she, so she you know, made a bunch of invitations, pulled this group together, and in her mind, it was like, okay, this is something. I mean, this is this is a vision. This is something that I can do. That's where I can help people, and I, you know, I can trust God to is is you know we kind of work this out. But in her mind, as she started this process with this group of people, she was a trainer. She's like, I know how to do this. I know what the plan is. Here's how you need to work out. Here's how you need to count your calories and watch what you eat. And so she started working out that plan. Now something happened along the way. As she got to know these people, these men and women, and you know, at first it was like, oh, "Okay, well, if you struggle, you just got to stick to the plan." But she found that her community continued to really struggle. They would fail, they would fall, they would go back into old habits, and what began to happen was she started to get to know these people. And it wasn't just a a weight thing for them. It was part of them. It was how they viewed the world. It was stuff that happened in their past. All these things that would contribute to why they would fail. And as she spent more and more time with the group, she understood. Um, The plan includes me being involved in these men and women's lives. For me, stretching to love them and to figure out how I can truly help them because exercise and what we eat is only part of it, right? And what she found was that, you know what? I was so clear in what I needed to do. I was so confident, but I'm not so confident anymore because I need God to help me if I'm going to help this group of people. And right now, today, she's learning. God, how can I truly help this community of people. You know, whatever our vision and the the plan that's beginning to emerge in our lives, the big deal is that we get to be a part of what God is doing in our world. We get to be a part of loving people right where they are and encouraging them and helping them and carrying them even when they fail. Please pray with me. Lord, um, we we want our lives to count. Um, You know, the talk of vision and plans and all that kind of stuff, I mean, it's it's exciting and inspiring, but the, the most basic thing is that we need you. We need you to lead us, to show us the way forward. And I pray that you, through your spirit, as you touch the hearts of men and women here at Rock Hills, that you will encourage us, that you are for us, and that you have a a desire for us to experience more of you as we pursue your vision for our lives, as we get serious about some of the details of the plan that will help us to get there we promise to give you thanks.